Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Joe from Steel Fitness Group out of Wood End in the UK. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, Hannah. Yes, I'm all good, thank you. Good to be awesome. on here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, but before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run Steel Fitness Group, first tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Well, so I was always been into fitness. My main passion, I say, growing up was uh, playing football. So soccer. Um, so here in the UK. So you know, I was playing soccer all through when I was a little kid and like I was playing like professionally for a team um I didn't get into like the professional ranks where um you're like an adult but all through from like eight until I was 18 I was playing in that professional club and then I got released I wasn't good enough and then um from there it, the kind of like natural um pivot I suppose was to 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 get into um health and fitness and yeah that's when I kind of really started homing in I suppose on on um you know health and fitness and that's when I really found my love for it I suppose okay awesome so you started as an athlete and then found that you also like helping other people so that's amazing um tell the listeners your kind of elevator pitch for steel fitness group what services do you offer how do you describe the gym to someone who has never been in before so what I would say about Still Fitness Group is a completely personal training gym. So you can't just come in there and just do your own thing. There's no open gym or anything like that. I'd say it sounds very cliche, but I'd say we are like a a, a, a big community. Okay, but um, it's a non-friendly, non uh, Sorry, it is a friendly, <laughs> non-intimidating uh, gym where what I like to say is people that don't like to the gym come to my gym because it's not like... Um, you know how some some gyms is like real my gym is basically for people that feel intimidated going into a normal gym where there's you know, bodybuilders or people like that that are in the gym and lifting weights they feel a bit intimidated by that so they they come to a gym like mine where you know everyone's friendly and I'm not saying that they're not friendly but it's more welcoming and everyone's like-minded at, at the gym as well yeah definitely I think that's important I feel as someone who's into health and fitness it's so disappointing when someone you know, isn't healthy because they're intimidated by a gym, you know, that should never like be a barrier to somebody getting 100%. help. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's what we really, we really try and break down that barrier. So like at, at our gym, like if as, as a coach, like there's a rule where if someone walks in the door, you could be literally like the other side of the gym. If they walk through the door, you have to say hello within three seconds. Like even if it's a shower, Hey Linda, how are you doing? You know? So just to instantly, and you tell them, and you say it by their first name, and then instantly, and that takes away like any gym fear or or intimidating feelings that they may have as soon as they step through the door. Definitely, yeah, that's so important. Um, which leads me to my next question. So you offer that personal training. Do you offer like group classes as well, or is it just one? Yeah, for sure. So we do we do one on one. Um, we also do small group training. Which in our gym, there's a maximum of four in the small group. Uh, sessions and then we also do a larger group session which is a maximum of 12 so there'll never be more than that in the session okay perfect and then that leads me to my next question is how many members total are you servicing at your gym currently there's 82 members with a few on trial at the minute okay perfect um so you're sitting at about 82 members you told me that you had 
about 1200 square feet of space. Um, are you looking to grow your membership base? Tell me about that. Or is 82 somewhere like that you're comfortable? No, for sure. We, we definitely want to grow for sure. We, I'm just working currently because, you know, we've been open about two years now, but for, for those two years, like on and off with COVID, I suppose it was very much, there wasn't enough systems in place and it was just me for a long period of that time as well. And I've now just started to get staff members on board. So there's currently three of us, including myself. Um, and, you know, working with building systems and operating systems and, and getting systems in place that will help scale the business is something that we've really started to home in on now. And um, yeah, with, with, the, with the sessions, the way they are right now, with, with how many we run, et cetera, et cetera, there is, room for 168 members that's without adding on sessions and without getting on more staff members so there is definitely room to scale and it's just a case now of you know putting these systems in place like marketing advertising or things like that to then and obviously most importantly it will be the systems to handle that growth um so yeah definitely grow that's definitely the goal okay yeah let's go back to that you mentioned the systems that you're using what systems do you use to get people in the door like how do you find leads how do you get them in so currently it's literally just um facebook advertising and i have flyers that i that i've handed out in the past and you know uh, things like that but i find facebook advertising and but it's not just a booster post it's proper in-depth like an, an ad campaign um where you set who you want to target and you know you set it for a certain amount of days and you have trackers that that can uh review how the ads have done and if you know one picture is working better than the other picture then you use that picture do you know what i mean um yeah. and there's there's quite in-depth ways to you know review these facebook ads now which is until about two months ago i didn't even realize i'm doing a course where um it's teaching me how to facebook advertise and yeah the detail that you can go into is absolutely crazy and that's something that definitely blew my mind but um i'm starting to get a grips of it now just. okay good yeah that's something that a lot of gym owners that I talk to in here don't utilize at all. Um, they get intimidated by all of the analytics in Facebook. And um, yeah, we're as fitness people, we're usually not marketing experts. So it can be a little bit intimidating. Um, tell me about how it's been learning Facebook ads and how have you seen like growth before versus after starting Facebook ads? Yeah. So before I was literally just sitting at the amount of members that I was, I, I built it up and then, it, I felt like I was at like a, a sticking point and there was there wasn't a lot of growth people were dropping off and like someone would refer their friend and it was kind of like even for a few months and I was like right we need to change this so I signed up to I I, I um, I'm involved with this mentorship where you pay monthly and um, you have like a one-on-one -on -one mentor that that with other like-minded gym owners as well. And it's kind of like a good educational platform where they teach you how to Facebook, Facebook advertise and all this other stuff. So I joined there and one of the courses was Facebook advertising and, you know, it was tough at the start. I, I'd say the growth so far, we've had, we've done like a front end offer of uh, currently, currently because it's ties in quite well just before Christmas, we're doing a six week uh, transformation so we've had about seven signups to the Sigweek transformation from the Facebook adverts that we've done, which is, you know, that's great considering that it was nothing before. And I didn't even think of a six week transformation program until, you know, I joined this group and then the Facebook ads have obviously helped make that happen. So, um, 
yeah, it, it took a while to get set up though. It was, it was with, uh, you know, the, the detail of what you had to go into, but I can see it's definitely paying off and I'm quite excited now to, you know, especially January's coming up, you know, the normal boom that people will get new year's resolution and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm quite excited to utilize the Facebook advertisements for that. Yeah, now is definitely the time to hit the gas on those advertisements. It's good to tell people, you know, get a head start on your resolutions. People are always already in the mindset of, you know, starting the year off strong. So uh, that's great to hear that you're already in the ad space and it's working for you. Um, Let's see. So you then you also mentioned systems for handling the volume. How do you, you know, keep members long term? Like once they're in the door, what do you do to keep retention? So we do 12 week uh, review days, which is quite, quite cool days. So we get together, it's usually on a Saturday morning and it's like we block out the sessions and it's literally just a review day. So me and the other trainer who will come in and the client will book or the member will book their um, slot. And it's probably about a 20 to 25 minute session where we're looking to get three rep maxes, three to five rep maxes on you know, the main like, um, like knee dominant, so squat, hip dominant, deadlift. Um, those exercises change, by the way, depending on what's in the current program of what they've been doing. But it's normally a knee dominant, hip dominant, vertical push, horizontal push, and then a pull movement as well. And we also do a 500 meter uh, time challenge on the ski erg. So every 12 weeks, the member will do that and they write down their scores and then they go through and obviously our training program and in 12 weeks time again, they can check it and see if they've improved in any areas which is always cool to see and it's always a cool day because most people do improve and especially on like the row and stuff like the vibes the vibes are really good so everyone's together and they're like cheering on everyone so that's one of the one of the things that uh, we like to do we also do events like all the time so say every six weeks try to get something in the diary so whether it's like a, a walk on a saturday where people bring their dogs and the kids and you know we all get together we walk around we have lovely walks around where uh, the gym is based um and we we like to make it quite social as well so for instance there's a christmas night out coming up on the 2nd of december and we'd literally just go into the pub which is again it's right down the road from us it's nice and local um but we just go into the pub there all together and it's about 30 to 35 people that have signed up already for that that are that are wanting to come so yeah things like that is is super important because you know for some people coming to the gym is like mentally it helps them so so much i know for me personally when i are mentally it helps me so much like some of my girlfriend when i come home sometimes and you know she's like you haven't worked out today have you i'm like no i haven't <laughs> and she can tell because you know everyone everyone's probably listened to this and knows that same feeling you know you feel a bit like ants and and on people that come to my gym it's probably times 100 because you know that they're, they're like you know mental stuff that they go through so yeah it's super important and and i i love it because when we get to, back to these social events that we that we do um and i i take a step back I've, I've, I've tried to get better at that like taking a step back and having a look and thinking like yeah this is cool because everyone's together now because of the gym you know and that, that fills me with great pride yeah that's really unique especially that you do like assessments um, on a set day, that's really unique. I've never heard of a gym owner doing that, but that's really smart. Um, it's a great way to track progress. Um, I know a lot of people like use like a scale, but that can be like not a great measurement. And the fact that you're doing, you know, like assessment based measurements, yeah. that's really unique. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, it's cool because um, 
also it gives them a target as well so you know say and it keeps them motivated because they're like and especially if you know if they can see progress from 12 weeks time on and then you know they might have put five kg on a squat mm -hmm. their three rep max on a squat they're absolutely buzzing and they think wow okay i can i can see there as clear as day i have made progress and and they feel super proud it's, it's always an amazing day it really is but, uh, the, the most improvement especially if someone's obviously maybe just come off the trial, say, that our 30-day trial that we run, and it's landed where they're doing the review. And then 12 weeks' time after that training, because they're a beginner, they've made huge improvements. And for a first time, for a member joining the gym, and they're not long at the gym, it's super motivating for them because, because they can see that, wow, yeah, this, is, this has worked well. It's a bit like the rower. On a, on a beginner's rower, and then 12 weeks' time after doing what we do, it's some some people are knocking off 15, 20, 30 seconds on their time. And it's just like, oh man, I feel so much better, you know, and it's a big celebration. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good, um, it's a, it works for us. It definitely works for us. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Um, so it sounds like you have good systems in place for keeping your members engaged, um, getting them in the door with Facebook ads. What would you say is like the biggest bottleneck or a thing that's holding you back from really growing like now and getting to that 168 member mark? Um, I would say the biggest bottleneck is having clear systems in place from, from a business owner. So it's one thing that I am definitely working on, but I'd say like for to bring other staff members on, for instance, so like the onboarding process, how we do things, standards, how we run the sessions, um, you know, how to deliver this exercise, how to deliver what we do um in in this session rather to that session standards when we we're around the gym um just getting clear systems in place i'd say for someone to come in and be like oh okay this is how we do it and this is exactly what we need to do to then give the customer the member like 100 world-class service that you know that they're paying for at the end of the day um so yeah i'd say definitely systems getting systems in place so would you say like you have like an adequate number of people coming in monthly, but you don't have like the staff or like the like step by steps on how to really make them a member or what do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. So when 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 members do come through the door, so for like a 30 day trial, um that's one thing that we're definitely not getting enough of, I would say, is the initial leads. That's why I've gone down the route of investing into this course and um you know trying to trying to learn how to do facebook ads and how to scale the business and actually get leads through the door initially initially and then once we get them there how do we keep them there so the 30-day trial do we have systems in place to um you know like a seven-day email a 14-day email do we have that in place that oh if you sign up now uh, halfway through the trial you get a week's free in the next month or something something like that um, do we have these clear systems in place? Um, and I'd say from the assessor side of things, we do have an assessor um, who kind of takes care of the trialists and, you know, walks them through step by step. But that's something that we definitely have to work on. And now it's much better. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So you really could use some more people coming in the door and then once they're in the door, like some sort of like system or software that can really help you like automate and like streamline your communication with the members yeah for sure for sure totally makes sense yeah um okay so kind of a fun question i like to ask 
if you were to wave a magic wand and tomorrow you have like the dream facility, the dream business, what does the gym look like? Is there multiple locations? How many trainers? How many members? Tell me about like your big picture vision for Steel Fitness Group. Okay. I would say, well, the reason why I initially named it Steel Fitness Group is because I want there to be more than just one gym. So for sure, um, I want I want a few gyms where people in, especially like where my local area is, people are like, oh yeah, Steel Fitness Group, I know that gym. That's really, that's really friendly. That's really welcoming. And I, I got great results there. Um, and then eventually after first locally, then you can start building to, you know, around UK and start branching out that way for sure. Um, trainer wise, like we have a group of highly motivated trainers that just want the best for the members and, you know, that really breathe in still fitness groups, core values, and then that reflects onto the members. Um, so, um, yeah, I'd say having each trainers there and they all buying into what we want to do at each of the facilities would be good 200 members at each gym that would be amazing yeah <laughs> it can happen it can happen um so tell me about because i'm not familiar with like the uk is it hard to find like quality trainers there or is it hard to hire in general right now tell me a little bit about that yeah okay so this is an interesting one so um Obviously, this this is the first gym I've ever owned. Okay, mm -hmm. and um, I, it's been about two or three years now, and I've found hiring was and is the hardest thing I've had to deal with, um, along with other stuff. But I'd say hiring and finding the right people to bring into your business is super tough. So at the start, it was it was probably me for about just over a year, thirteen months. And then it got to a point where I was just absolutely knackered and I was so burnt out. Um, but I was trying to find someone. I probably started looking about seven, eight months in, but it just took me that long to try and find the right person. So I had probably six, seven, eight people come to the gym and we, you know, we sat down, we had a little chat, and I was just like, no, I don't, I don't want to bring you into the business for this reason or that reason, you know. And, and it wasn't until I did actually find this guy, and you know, I, I was, I felt confident that he had like, you know, the, the nice personality and, and he could buy into what I was trying to do. That's when I finally brought him in. But it did, it, it definitely took a while. It definitely took a while. But then again, I didn't, I didn't really advertise too much for the role. Gotcha. Yeah, it can be hard, especially when you're trying to build such like a specific culture and community, finding the right people that can see your vision can be difficult for mm -hmm. sure. But it um, sounds like you have three trainers that mesh well with you and your business now so that's great yeah for sure for sure well, well one of the main things about my business is that you need to be positive you need to be happy like our members they don't rely on us I, would, I wouldn't say rely but when they come to the gym they kind of expect like a nice happy environment now so it's super important that as soon as you step through the door as they step through the door you're there you're, you're welcoming them with a big smile you're happy you're energetic and you're just uh, going to help them get through the session and make it a good session and some uh, one of one of our core values which is really super important for us is be the best part, part of the client's day so that hour that they spend with you make it the best part of their day um, and do everything you can to do that so yeah they definitely have to fit that positivity yeah. and happy personality type yeah for sure yeah, absolutely and you don't want to come back 
Um, so one more question before we close out the episode today. What is something that you would tell a listener who is an aspiring gym owner or maybe just started? What is something that you wish you would have heard before you started the gym? Oh, okay. Um, that's a tough question. Um, what I would say, what is something, can you say that again, Hannah? Sorry. Yeah. Imagine that there's someone to be listening right now who wants to go start their own gym. What's like the biggest piece of advice you would tell them before they do that? Okay. I would say, oh, that's a tough one. Okay, take your time. <laughs> I'd say think, think very hard about, wait, no, will this get edited, right? Right, I'm sorry, I missed it. Just... Um, what is one thing? So I, I, I would say, don't rush into things like think deeply before you put something in place. Um, but also if, if you do put something in place and it doesn't go to plan, change it like trial and error, because don't be afraid to make those mistakes because you have to go through it. I've made so many mistakes where it's like, uh, looking back, I wish I didn't do that, but I'm glad I did because now I know not to, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and don't be afraid to put things in place that might be a little bit controversial and people might go against it because if it's in the best interest of yourself. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to make the mistakes. I would definitely say that because you learn from them and you can quickly change them, uh, you know, if if it's not going to plan. And But be able to pivot quickly and change that plan so that it does work. Absolutely. That was a great piece of advice. Yeah, fail fast. Um, you don't learn from winning. You learn from the failures. So... I love that. That's a great takeaway for our listeners. Um, well, Joe, I think this is a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, where can everyone find you? What's your website? What's your social media? So our website is just stillfitnessgroup.co.uk. Um, and social media is Still Fitness Group. Facebook Still Fitness Group. It's nice and simple. Okay, perfect. Well, we appreciate your time today and your contribution to the podcast. And we look forward to seeing what you accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Claire from High Five Fitness in Newcastle. No, yes, Newcastle, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, Claire. How are you doing today? Hi, Joseph. I'm good. Thank you for having me. 
100%. I'm very excited to have you on the show today to learn more about your facility. Uh, but before yeah. we dive into the business side of things, when you first opened your facility, what was the vision you had in mind for it long term? Um, the main vision um, coming from a background where, so I was, um, I worked in law before I turned into the gym industry. Um, so I did go to gyms quite a lot and I used to find them, you know, they're a bit intimidating and I used to love my fitness and doing classes, but I always felt just a little bit overwhelmed when going into gyms. Um, so I really had a vision of creating somewhere where it's a safe space for people to come people just enjoy it, that's the main thing, um, and have a place where when people walk through the door, they know who I am, they know each other, and just to create a community rather than kind of a, an intimidating commercial gym, it was more somewhere where people would like, away from home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so mainly to build a, you know, like a community for your, you know, your gym facility. Um, and yeah. one thing that we mentioned, you know, before we came on the podcast, which I think a lot of listeners would appreciate this, you know, to hear about your story, what got you into the gym business? Yeah, well, um, so I've always been a keen runner. Um, so when I was a solicitor, I was uh, into my running as well. And so I was out for a run one day and uh, not something I'd recommend, but I stood on um, a wasp nest. <laughs> so I ended up getting uh, over 80 stings all over the body. Um, and to be honest, that just, it changed my life really. I had to, had a lot of health problems from it and I had to rebuild my body and um, retrain it how to move properly um, had to build it to get back to my running and I was left with long-term health problems um, and I guess before that I kind of just did fitness to kind of keep fit keep motivated whereas after I was faced with that I realized what the importance of fitness was it's to kind of get us fit and healthy to keep us moving and just to keep us you know, well, long-term rather than just be all about aesthetics and goals. It's really about movement and keeping well for the long-term. Um, so it massively changed my perspective. And because I knew what it did for me, I kind of wanted to show people that, you know, anyone can exercise Um, people have limitations, but it's open to everyone. And I just wanted to kind of get that out there really. Yeah. So, I mean, always been in the fitness side, had a very traumatic experience, which pushed you even harder to, you know, go harder in the fitness side. So yeah. uh, with that being said, when someone asks you about your business, what do you normally tell them? Um, in terms of why, why they should come to the gym or. In yeah. Terms so of like your services, what do you do for them? What does that all look like? Yeah, so we offer personal training, which I did for three years uh, prior to COVID. And when I, I, I train a wide range of clients from, you know, children through to 80 year olds um, and I train people with disabilities as well. And the main thing I want people to know is anybody can exercise and it should be accessible to everyone. Um, I think so many people think fitness is just for kind of you know, the gym bods that go into the gym every day and things, <laughs> whereas actually that's not really the people it should be aimed for. It should be aimed for the people that are a bit frightened to exercise or that, you know, have health conditions that limit them. Um, whereas they're the perfect people that I would feel it's important to reach. Um, so my main aim when I speak to people is just to make them believe that they can do it. Um, whatever their ability is, there's always something somebody can do. Um, so that's kind of what I like people to believe. Awesome. So you offer personal training to the younger and the older class in the middle. Uh, so is it only the personal training or do you also offer some group classes 
as well? Uh, yeah, so when COVID hit, um, prior to COVID, I was working in a commercial gym um, and I was limited to one-to-ones then just because, you know, it's time um, and that's what I was doing in the gym. Um, but during COVID, all my clients moved online um, and we became very familiar with Zoom, <laughs> did yeah. everything on Zoom. Um, and I got feedback from clients that they weren't too happy to go back to a commercial gym, um, mainly because of the amount of people there. Um, and I think people have just lost their confidence a little bit. Um, so I kind of put the feelers out to people and said, you know, if I found somewhere that was a bit more uh, smaller and a bit more private, uh, would they come with me? Um, luckily they said yes um, so then I found a premises which is within a local community I absolutely love it um, it's on a row of shops and so once I'd set that up we opened last summer it meant that we could then offer classes um, small group training pilates one-to-ones as well so it just opened the door a lot more which meant we could you know had capacity to train more people Okay, awesome. So, you know, personal training and group. And you mentioned that you also had, well, had some online, you know, kind of like clients there. So are you still doing the online, you know, aspect or is it more just in your facility? Yeah, no, I've still, I, so I picked up some clients during COVID that didn't live in Newcastle. Um, so I still do train um, those people. And again, silly things like if it's, you know, snowing or um, I've got some clients in wheelchairs, if they can't make it, um, we'll, I'll still offer the Zoom. So it's a really good backup option. Um, it's definitely not something that um, we do as a priority, um, but it's something we offer if people, you know, can't come to the gym for whatever reason. Okay, so the online side is more like by request basis. Cool. Yeah. So with all that being said, how many members are you currently serving inside of your gym facility? Um, so we've got about 120, 150 members at the minute. Um, and that, that's both classes and one-to-ones as well. Okay, so range anywhere from 120 to 150. So is that somewhere you want to stop out in terms of clientele or do you want to hit the gas a little bit more and get some more faces into your facility? Yeah, I definitely, um, with my one-to-ones, I'm at full capacity. Um, but in terms of classes, I definitely would want um, to try and build that area as well. Um, we do keep our classes low, um, so we keep them to a maximum of eight people. Um, that did start off as a reason because of COVID, but actually it's worked out really well because people, it kind of gives more of a personal training feel, um, but obviously at lower cost for the client. Um, so yes, we do want to fill the classes and hopefully offer more classes. Um, but I'm also very conscious not to lose the kind of unique element that we've got in terms of we literally know everybody that comes through the door and it's like a little family really. Um, so we don't want to grow too much that we lose that. Um, but obviously every gym wants more people through the door. <laughs> yeah. So mainly, you know, you do want to get more people in there, but you don't want to lose that personal touch, which is very important in the fitness industry to keep them long term. Yeah. Um, so in terms of that member base and where you want to go, what is the square footage of your facility, you know, so you can handle like that amount of people that you want? Yeah, so it's about, it's, it's not a huge facility. It's about 1,200 square feet. Um, so when we offer Pilates, for example, when that's quite stationary, um, we would offer about 12 people in a class. Um, we couldn't really, for small groups, get much more than eight to 10 people in a class. Um, so rather than filling the classes, it would be more adding to the timetable, really. Um, so that would be how we would look to do it. Okay, awesome. So 1,200 square feet in your facility right now. And you mentioned that maybe you train your clients. So what does that look like? Do you have additional trainers or is it only you inside the facility? 
Um, no, so I've got um, a guy that works with me called Cal, um, and he just joined full time a couple of months ago. Um, and he's brilliant and he's massively helped and supported me. So I'd be lost without him now. Um, so he shares the classes with me. So it's the two of us that do the classes. Um, and then he has one to ones as well. Um, and I also have two awesome Pilates teachers that work with me as well. Um, so they do two Pilates classes a week. So it's a little team of four of us. Um, and it, it's great. Yeah, love them all. <laughs> okay, awesome. So going more into the marketing side here, you know, to get the people into your door, what do you currently do? What does that process look like? You know, word of mouth, social media, yeah. what does that look like? Um, a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, a big thing I've found is the location of the gym as well. Um, so until recently in the UK, we weren't really allowed um, kind of sporting facilities within a high street, um, mm -hmm. but they did change the laws on that to, to kind of save the high street in a way. So I've opened up on a little row of shops um, within kind of a, a little village area. So there's like a baker's, a butcher's, everything on the street. Um, and so it's such a, a nice little community that the word of mouth gets around them. Um, and so we've had a lot of people from within that local community, which is nice. Um, and then, like I say, from my previous one to ones, um, I've had word of mouth from there as well. So we definitely, definitely rely a lot on word of mouth and reputation, which is, is great, really. Yeah, like it sounds like you really take advantage of the word of mouth. And that is, you know, definitely the best way to convert, you know, new people into you know, members and keeping people yeah. long-term. So in terms of like the marketing as well, so like the word of mouth, do you do anything on social media, like Facebook, Instagram? What does that look like? Yeah, yeah, we've got a Facebook and Instagram page, um, which is something that I definitely had to get a handle on because before that I hated social media. <laughs> so okay. um, for the last five years, I've been uh, training myself to love it. And do you know what? It's um, particularly Facebook is a really good way to um, get new clients. Um, mm -hmm. I think Instagram's great for current clients that, you know, follow what's going on in the gym and things. But in terms of getting new inquiries, um, the majority of ours comes through Facebook. Um, and it, it's a great tool and it's free mainly. Obviously, you can take advantage of doing paid adverts, um, but it's a great tool. We'd be lost without it, I think. Yeah, so mainly Instagram being the nurturing of current clients and then Facebook yeah. being the, you know, platform to bring new people in. That's awesome. Yeah. And I heard that you mentioned that, you know, paid advertising. So have you, you know, gone into the paid advertising side or have you only stuck with the organic free marketing? Yeah, mainly the free marketing. I do maybe a couple of posts a year um, where I would pay for them for Facebook and just target, um, you know, the kind of demographic that we're wanting and the, the region where we're in. Mm -hmm. um, and that has generated um, leads through that. So, um, but again, I wouldn't really do it too often because you don't kind of want to look like you're, you know, advertising all the time. <laughs> um, so I do those about twice a year would be a paid advertisement. Okay. So two times a year with the paid advertising and you really dial in on the organic side. So what has like kept you away? Like in terms of like what you just said that, you know, like you don't try to advertise too much. So like, why yeah. is that? I'm kind of curious here. I think it's cause I want to keep the organic feel to the gym. Um, and I don't want to kind of 
I never want people to feel kind of bombarded or uncomfortable. Um, and I just want it to be something that people like naturally want to come to and find. And I think sometimes if you over bombard people, it can be quite off-putting. Um, so, and I know for me, if I see lots of advertisements and lots of things, it does put me off somewhere. It's annoying after a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's it. I just don't want to be annoying. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. I like that answer. Um, so let's just say, you know, someone new finds your facility, either walking or, you know, on Facebook. What does the process look like to get them into your facility? Yeah. Um, so I've got um, my own rule, which I think, to be fair, comes from working in the legal world. Um, mm -hmm. I always try and contact somebody within the same day um, who's made contact with the gym. Um, and it's always myself that does that. Um, and I like to meet everybody that comes in the gym. Um, so I tend to either ring them if they've left a phone number um, or I'll email them, give them all the information in terms of what we offer and then arrange for them to come into the gym. And whether they be coming for PT or for classes, um, I'll always you know, arrange to meet them, show them around the gym and just let them know what we offer. Cause I think it's, you know, they're investing in the gym and it's mm -hmm. just as much important for them to know what they're coming into as it is for us to get to know them as well. Um, so yeah, I'll always meet with people before they join. Okay, awesome. So it sounds like you're the one that's handling that. So moving forward, do you want to handle that or would you rather, you know, hand it off or delegate it to someone else? Um, yeah, I would like to delegate it in terms of maybe the admin side. Um, I think I'd always like to meet people. Um, it's the part of the job that I love. I love meeting and welcoming people into the gym. Um, and I like them to have a face to the name. So I think I'd always like to do that side of it, but um, admin takes up a heck of a lot of time. So I'd love uh, a bit of does. help with that in the future. <laughs> it does, yeah. So um, yeah, more help with that and more time on the gym floor, really. Okay, awesome. So you mentioned that, you know, you give the new people kind of like a walkthrough of your facilities. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, you know, someone does come to your facility after you call them or text them or what you do. What does the process look like from step one all the way to step 10 of getting them to turn into a new member? Um, so they'll come into the gym after, say, I've emailed them or spoken to them. Um, we have a reception area, so I'll always sit with them there and chat through, talk through their goals, talk through their health problems, talk through what they want from the gym, because I think that's so important to know what they're wanting. Um, and we've got a range of classes, so it might be that one class isn't suitable for them and another one might be. Um, so to really make sure that what we're offering is right for them. Um, mm -hmm. And then I always walk them around the gym because I think when you walk into the gym for the first time, everyone's nervous, even if you've been to the gym for years. Um, so I want to show them the equipment that we use, explain how the classes work. Um, sometimes I'll show them you know, a plan of a class so they know what to expect just so that when they do come in the door, they don't think, oh, I don't know what to do, I'm scared. Um, so that they've got that out of the way and then they can literally just come into the gym and enjoy the class. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if there's people in the gym, you know, I'll just introduce them and so they've got another name to know. Um, and just to make them feel comfortable, I think that's the most important thing. Um, and I never want people to feel pressured to join. So I'll always say to them, you know, go away, have a think about it. Any questions, let me know. Um, because I don't want to any, anyone to ever You want to sell too hard and, you know, make yeah, them repel you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because for me, I want clients to be here for the long term. I, I, that's what I would 
deemed successful if you know I've had some clients for five years and I think that's amazing and um, so I want that from a client so it's just as much an investment for them as anyone else yeah I like that so you know in terms of the sales side you know like the whole process there on average you know in terms of people coming through your door and turn them into members how many out of 10 do you normally turn into like new members I'd say the most people that come in, they will come in and um, do classes um, and they will join. Um, I don't have a fixed membership in terms of um, they don't kind of sign up to be a member, if that makes sense. It's very much um, we have packages. Mm -hmm. um, so people buy either five or 10 class packages or you can pay as you go. Um, and I've actually found that's been successful because people don't think, oh, God, I don't want to be tied up to a membership. Um, and I think that helps in terms of longevity and commitment for clients um it also means if people are away for a month you know they're not thinking oh, i need to cancel my spending membership. extra money or yeah yeah so exactly. um i think for that reason people do tend to come and try a class and maybe pay as you go um i'd say luckily about top 90 percent do come for a good while um and stay with the classes and luckily we have retained a lot i think when they don't um people have left the area you know there's always illnesses to account for and things um but touch wood i've not had anyone that's come and not liked it yet that <laughs> so is a that is a very good goal. sign <laughs> or not yeah. that they've admitted to me anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good sign claire so um really going more towards like the packages side less about the membership so you don't lock anyone into you know long-term contracts just in case they yeah. have something come up uh, so in terms of let's just say you know someone becomes a new member what is the overall process look like to keep them for let's just say five years as you just mentioned that some of your clients have been with you for five yeah. years i think um i mean we do things in terms of we have socials for clients um and to be honest it's just making them feel a part of the i know it sounds a bit cliche but part of the family um we joke and call it the high five fitness family and um you know people make friendships there and um, they come to the classes regularly i think it's trying to get people into a routine mm -hmm. um and i think because it's in an area where it is close to people's houses they don't really have to worry about traveling there and things a lot of them can literally step out the door and we're there um and i think that's massively helped in terms of retention um obviously you have some that come and go that always happens in this industry um i don't think you can ever kind of rest on your laurels and think oh these people are going to stay forever because you just mm. never know which is quite frightening and we're humans <laughs> so we maybe change yeah, our exactly. like mind the next day or something oh so, yeah. totally um but it's making people feel included and involved and i think that's really helped um keep people in the gym yeah, so really going back to what you mentioned in the beginning, the community feel of having everyone yeah. feel like they belong. That's awesome. Yeah. So second to last question for you here, Claire. Uh, you know, in the fitness and gym world, there are three pillars of business. So the first being lead generation and acquisition. So getting mm -hmm. people through your door and turning them into new members. Second yeah. being retention. So keeping them for the long term, five to 10 years. And the third being ascension. So increasing the overall lifetime value of each member. So upgrading their memberships, putting in supplements, whatever you may do to have them spend more money with you. Yeah. Out of those three, where do you think you can prove the most on? Um, number one, definitely. I think getting more people through the door. Um, and I think because we, I'm very focused on the people we have. Um, 
And I think sometimes you do have to carry on thinking what's out there, how can we get more people in? Um, and I definitely struggle. And I think I've probably <laughs> made this a point in terms of I, I hate pushing myself onto people. Um, and I think I find that quite hard to kind of really push the business in terms of getting new people in. And, and I kind of have been lucky at this stage in terms of it has been a lot of word of mouth and things. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I know to fill the classes even more you've got to kind of put yourself out there and get people through the door. Um, so that's definitely what I'd like to improve on, just be a bit braver really in that respect. <laughs> yeah, so definitely got to put yourself more in the socials, maybe, you know, dabble into yeah. paid advertising, get more people in because that's yeah. the best way to get more people in the door in this, you know, day yeah. and age. Um, so last question for you here, Claire, you know, paint me and the listeners a picture. What are your long-term, well, short-term and long-term goals with your facility? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people, they would look in terms of maybe getting other premises or, you know, expanding the premises and things like that. Um, for me, I think, you know, I've been in this current place nearly two years now, and um, it's definitely the location that makes it what it is. So I'd be very nervous to leave that location. And I think that would change the gym completely. And um, so I'd be more looking in terms of offering more to my current client set. Um, I'd also love to do more within the community. Um, I've, I'd love to work with charities, um, to work with schools and just offer things to people that don't naturally have access to gyms. Um, I'd find that a really rewarding thing to do. Um, so that's how I'd love to expand in addition to obviously providing more classes and things to my current clients. Awesome. Well, Claire, I think that's a great place to start to wrap things up here in this episode. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on your social medias and a good website? Um, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, we're the same on both. And it's High Five Fitness UK. And my website is highfivefitness.co.uk. Awesome. Well, Claire, thank you so much for hopping on this episode today. It's a lot of fun to speak with you. And to everyone who else to, who, tune in, who tune in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be you know, notified about future episodes, Hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us are John and Jared of Motivate Personal Training Studio, coming to you from Hollywood, Northern Ireland. Gentlemen, how are you today? What is going on in your part of the world? 
We're very, very well. I'm John, and this is Jordan. <laughs> yes, and we have plenty to talk about here, guys. This is this is not a new business in the grand scheme of things. 1995 was was when we officially got this off the ground. But for the people who aren't familiar with the studio or with the two of you, for a bit of context first, just give us a description. When you tell people what Motivate is, how do you tell them about this? What's the, what's the elevator pitch for your business? Motivate is a personal training studio airing on the side uh, of privacy, that's more so. Um, it's a uh, small studio based in Hollywood, just outside of Belfast. Um, we have fantastic views over Belfast Lock, uh, and it attracts the, the town itself is a lovely town. Um, and basically, we're, we've been around for a long time now, um, helping a lot of hopefully a lot of the local community would, would you know, um, admit the, the ones that have been, but helped them over the years uh, to get fit and healthy um, and whatnot. So. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's like I say, it's more um, orientated towards uh, a, a more private approach, um, but that works well for us. There's plenty of gyms out there that can cater for the masses and what have you. Oh, sure, sure, and and I think that's important for us to highlight from the jump is that are we in it to help people? Certainly, but in our own brand, in our own way, in the private setting which typically results in, in either one-on-one -on -one or one-on-a-few. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, yes. And, and so, guys, I mean, take us back a little bit. John, this is probably more a question for you at this point. Not necessarily to 1995 when we opened the doors, but to the moment that the idea popped into our head, I'm going to open up my own training business. What inspired all of this? And basically, I suppose uh, it was back in 1983, which I believe we, mo we moved house from uh, just outside of North Belfast to um, the outskirts of South Belfast, which is about 20 miles uh, away. I felt quite isolated. During, I was 16 years old, still at school, felt quite isolated during the week. And I went and purchased first set of weights, uh, barbell and dumbbells, um, and immediately fell in love with it. Uh, so um, going through uh, school, university, and all that, trained, it was a big part of my life, the, my training, uh, very much a hobby, obviously, at that time. And then when I graduated, um, I worked in the aerospace industry for five years. But during that time, the course of that time, I knew within three months of being um, in the industry that it was not for me um, and I needed to do something more colourful with my life is the way I saw it. Mm. So um, I decided uh, I would make my own forms of exercise equipment. I came up with a few unique ones. The Easy Lift Spotter was one. It was a piece of equipment that people at home who would bench press, um, it was a safety device that connected to the bar via pulley system and a foot loop so that they could control the weight back to the rack uh, whenever they were finishing their set. Um, a multi-exercise frame, which remember this is back in 1992, 93, where uh, you could do your chin-ups and, uh, chin and dips, leg raises, but it was a standalone device that you could have at home. And there was a few other pieces of equipment. So a little workshop 
and I worked part time whilst I was in the aerospace industry, making maize, marketing them, um, advertised in Flex magazine uh, back in the day, uh, UK version. Yeah. And I sold a number of those, uh, but I sort of pottered it along um, without really a lot of uh, business acumen. Um, it sort of, I didn't sell them off all of the money. Yeah. So, That's an important component here, right? Okay. That's this is at the at the end of the day, this is a business, and, and bills need to get paid, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky in that having a full time job, I could do this part time initially. But at the same time, you can only put so much money in it whenever your wife says to you, "John, that's enough." So yeah. um, luckily, I had made some exercise equipment for a local gym, and he was actually closing down. And he said to me, he had. Fitness assessment equipment, uh, computerized fitness assessment equipment, would like to buy it. I was spending a lot of money at the time, and I was just closing up easy lift. And I came home to my wife and told her, and so initially she looked at me and shook her head, no chance. Uh, but 20 minutes later, uh, Karen being Karen said, do whatever you want to do. So I decided I'm going to purchase this. And after purchasing it, I thought, what are we going to do with it? So I, uh, with a few friends, I did a few tests with them, um, tested their fitness and all the rest of it. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to turn my hobby into my business. So I um, uh, started looking into becoming a personal trainer. In 1994, probably in Northern Ireland, there were half a dozen people doing it, I guess. They had a number of courses, um, attended various uh, outlets, uh, doing courses, what have you. Uh, by 1995, got qualified, and we moved house to a small garage, converted the garage to a gym, and off I went. And, and the rest is history. The rest is a slow start, but we got there pretty well. It was a slow start, a couple of years, and got built up, and uh, best yeah. decision we ever moved. Well, approaching three decades later, and, and you're still doing it, so it must have been a pretty good decision there for you, John. Absolutely. Uh, it's good to wake up in the morning, want to do, you know, go to work, do something you enjoy. Yeah. For for the people listening, I think anybody that's spent time in fitness, whether it's in Northern Ireland, in the UK, in the States, they know that that it's not sunshine and rainbows all the time. It can be a challenge to build and maintain a business like this. And so in your almost 30 years here, John, what's been the toughest part about running a business like this? Um, I think with personal training, you have to deal, because you're dealing uh, with the public as a service, but in a, uh, a small number. And as uh, early doors, but even now, a lot of the clients would be on the wealthier side, not all of them, but um, later, well, one, you've got to deal with uh, illness and sickness and people cancelling um, for various reasons, but then holidays. Holidays are a killer because especially in the last 20 years when people have become a lot more, uh, more affluent, um, whereas people who school holiday once a year, a lot of my clients would go on the holiday five or six times a year. And it's, you know, it's one of those where you can't go out on the street, drag somebody off the street for two weeks and say, well, you fill in this slot. Um, so uh, you've got to deal with that. There's also obviously sure. people get injured and stuff like that. So 
The hardest bit in the business, to answer your question, would be dealing with cancellations that it's you're not sure how many sessions you'll get in a week. Yeah, personal training has has fought that fight for a long, long time now. The people that have the money to spend on personal training have the money to leave and go on vacation and, and do whatever else there is. It sounds like you guys have operated on like a, a per session or a, a session package model. Have you considered switching to almost like a monthly membership kind of idea, at least to, to offset the potential missed sessions and cancellations? You know, it's crossed my mind many, many times over the years. But, yeah. I, you know, when I say I was answering your question about, you know, uh, what is the downside or what's the, the challenges of personal training, Overall, um, the upside, I think, the way we, we, we book in blocks, so five, uh, sorry, yeah, five fifteen or 25 at the moment, it's changed over the years. Um, and it, it has worked very well um, in saying all that. So, you know, the old adage, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, I've just stuck with that, carried forward, and, um, you know, overall, not complaining, been pretty happy with last tournament. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think there's one tried and true answer, right? There's, there's pros and cons to everything that we do running a business like this. Fast forward here a little bit, guys. I want to talk to now and how the business looks. Obviously in the last couple of years, there's been, there's been an interesting shift in the yes. industry and, and we don't need to spend too much time there. You guys lived it. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows exactly what it was post-pandemic, if we can even use that phrasing, what's been working for you guys from a marketing standpoint to get some people in through your doors? Um, well, back in 2019, we uh, relaunched our studio. We got it all rebranded, um, completely refurbed the place, got new floor and put in new equipment. So although it was before all that, that was kind of the catalyst going forward. It kind of almost... Um, helped us through it all because we had that um, we could use it to our advantage to get more clients so we would like do uh, advertising on social media um, I did a few other things over the years like I would uh, actually send out letters um, to different businesses in the local area basically explaining who I was um, and basically told them what sort of I could, what I could do for them um, but generally really it's just the standard sort of marketing and to be honest uh you kind of find that if you put a lot of work into the advertising, people like you get new clients from different outlets. Like people come, like come to you. Um, it's not necessarily directly linked to the advertising that you've done. Sure. Um, you just find it if they sort of gravitate towards you. It's like you get out of it what you put in, kind of thing. Like, yeah. No, and I, I think typically yeah. the best examples that I speak to are it's a variety of sources, right? It's not this thing provides all of our clients. It's We've done some advertising, we've sent out flyers, we've been in local businesses. There's there's any number of ways. If I could, Joe, if I could just add to that, um, Jordan uh, had only come on board uh, 2018. 2018, yeah. And uh, he, through new lenses, saw, saw a tired uh, studio. So it was actually his idea. He, yep. he said, you know, you know what? You gotta, you gotta spend some money and get this place, you know, jacked up a bit. 
And he was absolutely right. So the timing, as he said, as Jordan said, was perfect in that before all this nonsense happened, it all, uh, we, we were lucky in a sense that we were ahead of the game in that we got our equipment with, with, and, and it, before it went through the roof a lot of the prices. I'm sure they're only the same over there, but the equipment over here is much more, uh, quite a bit more expensive than it is in the States. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, so we got it, it was like, a, you know, uh, getting in a wee bit early, earlier. Uh, then mm-hmm. the pandemic hits. So that, we, you know, it was a fresh studio for people to come back to. Uh, yeah. And so we, we positioned ourselves for that time when we could get back to operating post-lockdown or whatever, whatever that looked like in Northern Ireland. Jordan, you mentioned uh, the advertising piece of this, and, and you alluded to social media. Is that something that you guys do regularly? Like, do we have an advertising budget month over month, or is this something that, that we've done at different times? Well, it's never really been a regular thing. Um, a few years ago, we would have actually paid more money to advertise, um, especially whenever I was starting out. I was trying to build up, so I was like really, really focused and trying to get more clients. So I would um, look at different ways to advertise, but over time, um, we've actually been doing it a wee bit less consistently. Um, but the thing is then, once you're, you get to a point that you have so many set clients, I always feel that word of mouth is what drives it even more than online yeah. social media. Social media is great in the sense of you can hit a lot of people, but it doesn't necessarily get the best returns we find personally. We'd always still say word of mouth hands down is the best. Sure. Yep. And John, in that in that same sort of vein, the people that have the money to do personal training usually know other people that have money to do personal training. Absolutely. And so I should say, Joe, back in the day, I threw money um, at all. We were we had a radio advertisement that was in the, a full page spread in the, the main paper over here. This is 20 years ago. And didn't get one client. Uh, we got one client from the radio advertising. We didn't get any from the full page spread. But now I'm saying that you don't know six months a year down the line that somebody's seen it mentioned to somebody else and then that client came because of that, you know, and sometimes. But a lot of the time, I found out that throwing a lot of money at advertising was wasted money. Um, really, your reputation, once you got to a certain level of people, your reputation then took over and word of mouth was by far the best. You still have to keep yourself relevant. There's no doubt, you know. So that's for social media, where Jordan would be more into social media. He set up, the, got the website set up and all the Facebook stuff. Um, so he would keep it updated every so often to keep his rel- uh, relevant. But um, Northern Ireland, it, 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 people have a, a slightly different uh, way of looking at things from an advertising perspective. Um, being a much smaller community, um, I think the word of mouth does travel much better. It's yep. so vast, you know, to well, get yourself known, you got to spend probably more money in that respect. Yeah, well, the important point that I think we skipped over in our conversation is the goal behind any kind of marketing campaign. Yes. For you guys, being a one-on-one focused model, we don't need 200 people, right? We're not looking for anybody and everybody. We can be a little bit more selective. If that comes in the form of doing any kind of paid advertising, we need to be really, really targeted about who we're looking to hit with that advertising, right? 
just getting people through the door is only half the battle. We need to make sure that these people are are qualified and capable of paying for the what is what is somewhat higher ticket of a service. Do you know what I mean? Well, I back um, whenever I first opened the studio, prior to when I was working in the garage, I built it up that uh, Jordan was um, not on born few years. Um, Robin, the daughter, hadn't she hadn't uh, come along yet. So uh, whenever I was telling people, it got to the point where I got a bit burnt out because at times I was doing 40 plus sessions a week. Now, some people might laugh at that. <laughs> all Any, anybody that's been a personal trainer knows that that is an insane number of hours to be on a training floor. Oh, yeah. And, and again, especially when the, the work is at home. So your home life and your work life just blends in the one you walk. You know, it's great working from home, not having to travel. But at the same time, the cutoff, you know, when you come home, you can shut your brain, your mind down. Whereas whenever you're really working from home, it's a lot harder. And then you yeah. being a, a young child at the time, you a lot of uh, trying to see him and so forth. So when I went in the studio where I had to travel, it meant then that um, I, I took my mind away uh, from home and then you were going back to home, which was better. But I also made the decision that I wanted to average 30 sessions a week, average, like 1,500 a year. And would you believe um, 20 years of doing that, I averaged that for 20 years through all the, the different things we went through over those years. It still averaged around plus or minus 10% of that uh, 1,500 a year. And I, yeah. I'm a big believer in mindset and how um, you, know, you set your goal mentally first uh, and then allow the flow, uh, uh, it will happen. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this because people in personal training, and you sort of alluded to it here, at a certain point, I can't take on more clients, right? There's only so many hours in the day and only so much staffing. Have you guys considered changing the model at any point to be able to service more people? Or are we, we pretty sure that we want to stick with the one-on-one or, or one-on-few idea as you move forward? Well, personally, I, I like the model we have at the minute in terms of I feel enjoying your job is just as important. Um, you want to, like today, it feels like you're not working. You build up rapport with people. Um, it makes it feel even less like work. And I already enjoy the job as it is. Um, so I don't think she, it's once again, if it isn't broke, then can't fix it kind of attitude. You know, um, sure. it's worked sure. so far. I feel we're both happy with the way it is. Absolutely. And I agree. That work-life balance is, for me, the key to life. And, um, you know, bringing up a young family and being able to see them during the day and do what I did at the time. Um, having uh, come to within myself, decided that uh, we, you know, thirty sessions a week brought enough income in that we were able to um, have a good life. Uh, I think, as opposed to, um, yes, we could have. I, what I should say is, I actually to answer your question, I directed my energies outside of the gym uh, to do other things. I've written two books. I've uh, was involved in a company called Circular Soccer, which um, I visited numerous countries with it um, over the years. And uh, so those things run in parallel with uh, training the clients. Um, So I think- And a successful business allows you to do that. Absolutely. So it's a personal choice, you know? Um, 
the, 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 I did. I did throw the idea. Would it be? Uh, would it be um, the right thing to do to open a second? Well, Mot well Motivate was uh, successful. And it was turned over. There was about three or four trainers all working out of it. Um, and I thought about, well, can we open a motor? A lot of people open another franchise or another another uh, gym, studio, whatever. But um, I looked at it and I thought, well, the majority of the income from my perspective is through me, and I can't be in two places at once. And sometimes you overexpand, and then of course that uh, you know you kicks in your work-life balance again, and you're stressed out. And what, uh, so, you know, I decided to take the approach of sticking with one studio. Yeah. No, I think all of these are, are relevant points and entrepreneurship allows for this conversation, right? You opened up a business so that you could make these choices, Absolutely. right? It's not necessarily nine to five and I'm going to be there 40 hours a week like clockwork. I'm sure it's seasonal. I'm sure it fluctuates, but it buys you the freedom to do these other things. Yeah. It begs the question, guys, because work-life balance has come up a handful of times. Is there is there an opportunity or is there potential value in almost like a, a manager of some sort to, to oversee this facility so you guys can truly do what you enjoy doing? Well, I what I learned from the easy lift business, the exercise equipment business was when you are um, a sole trader, uh, the higher overheads, the longer you're working to pay, for, you know, pay somebody else. So likewise, hiring a manager, um, it, it, it just wouldn't have worked in our place. There wasn't enough work for somebody okay. um, uh, in that uh, sense. Um, because when I say working 30 hours a week, that was 30 hours personal gym, and you still had to, you know, it's far prepare. more than 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you still had to prepare. You still had to keep the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And all the rest of it. But at the same time, Joe, it wasn't that difficult. Uh, you know, it's not the, it wasn't challenging that you thought to yourself, oh, I should get somebody else in to do that. What I did uh, was have an offspring, get him, once he grows up, get him in the business and say, Jordan, get the business. <laughs> There's <laughs> our labor right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that, you know. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe this is a question for you, Jordan, but as you guys look forward with the business, what do you envision for the future of Motivate? That is an interesting one. Um, obviously, the way things are, it's so hard to even imagine what the world will be like in a couple of years at this point. You know, like, it's kind of like anything. To really be successful, you have to be in early. Um, so it's a case of like finding a niche or something um, that you think will take off, or you know what what way people are thinking. You always have to sort of think ahead of the game and try and imagine what people are going to be wanting to do in the future. Then again, with our with our business, it is already kind of a niche in that we are a private studio. So I don't really feel like too much needs to change in that sense. Um, you know, what I would say to Joe is over where we are now, and it's probably the same that you, where you are in most places. Um, the industry is quite saturated, in my opinion, especially in this country. Um, and the big thing where I feel a lot of personal trainers make the mistake is they look at the you know, going into personal training, they're, they're a lot of training, so they think, oh, personal training would be a great job. 
So they go in and they're very knowledgeable. Um, obviously, you've got to be able to communicate. You've got to be able to uh, get that across the clients. But also, you've got to run a business. And I find that people, a lot of trainers come into the studio and they were they were decent at training people. They had their way and that was all well and good. But they couldn't, they couldn't run a business. They couldn't uh, get the clients. Um, you know, they, they were operating with three or four people and they couldn't get it beyond that. Um, yeah. And half those people was people I had passed on to them through the business, you know. So I think you have to, as a, as a good personal trainer, you've got to be able, you've got to know your stuff, uh, your basics about you. You've got to be able to communicate that. And on top of that, then you've got to be able to market yourself, get out there and get people interested in using you to help them get healthier and better. Yeah. It's a fun conversation and, and we're running a bit shy on time here, gentlemen, but I want to save a few minutes at least for you guys to be able to tell people where they could learn more about this. Jordan, this is probably a question for you. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people go to find out about Motivate? Um, on Facebook, uh, we're starting as Motivate Personal Training Studio Hollywood. Um, we post on that pretty regularly. Um, we put up tips, videos, things like that. I have an Instagram personal one, which is just Jordan Motivate, all one word. Same sort of idea as the Facebook page. Um, and then we have our website where we do um, online training programs. And it really tells a wee bit about us, um, which is www.motivatepstudio.com. Um, and also, I'm hopefully going to be uh, launching online training soon. So that will be up on the website and I'll announce that on my social media. So that's sort of broadens things out to uh, worldwide essentially, which will be great. So I'm really looking forward to that. Sure. And so connect with the Motivate team on one or more of those platforms. Gentlemen, this has been a bunch of fun. I really appreciate business owners who are willing to give an inside look into what they do and in both sides of the coin, right? What's gone well for us and where are we still looking to improve as a business? So it'll be fun to see how this takes shape, Jordan, as you put your stamp on this a little bit more and, and we wish you nothing but the best as you guys move forward. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.